what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, September 11th, 2020. Episode number 151. What's up, Carter? How are you, Scotty? I'm great, man. Hey, uh, it's like I haven't seen you in a couple days. Because it, uh, it's been a couple days, man. That's it's. I'm not even caught back up yet, and I've been home for a couple days. I, I'm definitely not caught back up, and uh, I'm already in Pennsylvania. So I guess we'll sleep when we get older or sleep when we retire or, you know, whatever. Plenty of time to sleep when we're dead, bro. There you go. Hey, I had a great weekend. Four days of racing that I announced, and then instead of going home, I changed up my plans, extended my flight, yeah. and went up to Michigan and hung out with you. Dude, that was awesome. I mean, we'll get into the rest of the weekend, I'm sure, but we got to talk about Redbud first, because you don't normally <laughs> see Hollywood out on the motocross tracks. It's been a minute, or, you know, 14 years, something like that. But you came out. Well... You know, usually they're running the exact same days and dates as American Flat Track. And if if I have a weekend off from American Flat Track, I usually like to stay home or I'm usually, you know, booked with something else. So it just ha- just so happened it was on Labor Day Monday and my buddy Carter, you, got me a pass. Yeah. Met me at the uh, secret gate to get into the pit area. Yeah. And I followed you in. We go right up to the track and park my car, uh, grab some food. And uh, man, I got the tour. And then I gave you the tour. I went to Rocco's Leap. That's the first thing I wanted to see. Damn right. And Redbud did not disappoint. Uh, I think, you know, besides hanging with you, besides seeing Jason Wygant and Grant Langston and all the people inside the production trailer and, and semi and stuff like that, um, just to see Adam Cianciarillo's first 450 moto win. Yes, and sir. And his overall at the, you know, the same day, uh, I got a picture uh, of him jumping across the finish line. I was standing right there because I, I could see it was going down. Yeah, Tomac was catching him. But uh, just to get that picture, uh, you know, it's a moment that I won't forget. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. Seeing Cyril has been putting in the work, and he had the speed for sure. Absolutely, dude. It was uh, it was an epic day for sure. Cool to see you at, 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 a, at a motocross track for sure. And it was really cool because I was walking around with you, and you were calling it like it was a damn flat track. You, I mean, you weren't calling it like it was a flat track race, but you were announcing it. In the Dubler voice, and I felt it was kind of weird for me because, like, Dubler's voice on motocross, it was like really messing my brain up. But uh, yeah, but it yeah. was really cool. It's a habit, and it's just something <laughs> that I do. I mean, I, I'm I probably sit at home when I'm watching NASCAR and start talking about them like I'm the announcer and stuff like that. It's just something I do, and and keeps me sharp and stuff like that. I would I would love to call one of those one day, but uh, you know, they they got some great announcers for the the local live event crowd announcers. They were talking when I got there. They were still talking when I left with very few breaks. So they they have long days also. So, you know, they like we do at American Flat Track, some of them can get really long, but uh, they kept it entertaining and it was fun. And uh, man, I had a great time and beautiful weather. And uh, I'd love to do it again. All right, enough whoop-de-whoop talk. <laughs> Talk some flat track. Yep. So let's let's start off with Friday. So Thursday was you know District 17 amateur and a vintage national. So there was 43 heat races, 10 semifinals, and 300 main events or you know 30 main events, whatever it was. Uh, long day Thursday. Then Friday you bring in the AMA All Stars, uh, you know Steve Nace series, and then you throw in the AFT singles in there. And for the AFT singles riders, it was a true doubleheader. They ran one set, you know one one set of one practice 
two two sets of qualifying. That set the field for four separate semis. We did two semifinals. We did their main event, and we took a quick break. Then we did two semifinals, a short break, and then we did their their second main event. They what I liked the best, I guess, is they switched up the riders in this in the semifinals. They kind of inter interchanged them out, so you didn't have exactly the same competition. And uh, good racing, you know. Dallas Daniels winning his second national this season. Now he's won a TT, a half mile, and now a short track. He's only missing a mile, and he'll complete the flat track Grand Slam. Yes, it's in the singles class, but I've heard many people can do that. And then this, this, the second main event, just a few moments later, Trevor Bruner goes out there and dominates. I mean, nobody could touch him. It was insane. Like, I was watching it. At, um, I mean, I wasn't. Mom, if you're listening, I wasn't watching it while I was driving down from Redbud. Uh, but <laughs> I had it on my phone and I was checking it out, checking in every once in a while. Nobody touched him. It was insane. Um, I, I think but I know that every lap. I know that you had a couple people you wanted to chat with on this one, but I think we should give him a call and get his take on his, his first national win. Absolutely. And, and it, I thought he might be going to throw it away. He started fogging up his shield. Uh, when you start getting nervous, you breathe heavier. Uh, the nights start getting cooler. I would like to get his take on what happened and why that happened. Well, we'll we'll definitely give him a call in a bit. Um, a couple other folks that we want to call and talk to this week, but we'll we'll get into that later in the episode as well. You got any other news that happened in Flat Track or any Hollywood nuggets you want to dish out? I, I don't have my nuggets just yet, but how about the production twins? Ryan Varnes goes out there and wins. He yeah. looked awesome. Then on Sunday, James the Rocket Rispoli wins. And let's Dude. talk about I'm I, I guess probably I was most excited for Sammy Halbert, you know, winning the Super Bowl. Uh, and then going out there and win the main event with a, a, a heck of a race by Jared Meese. And those two broke away early. And then people were asking me later on that day, what happened to Jared? I'm like, nothing happened to Jared. Sammy dropped the hammer. Absolutely. He went like two tenths a lap faster with about four laps to go and just broke away from Meese. That's what I was going to say, too. Like, he not only pulled in front, but he was he was getting faster as the, the race went on. So, like, it wasn't like anybody was going to catch him. He was gone. Yep, absolutely. And then the, the second day, uh, a pretty good battle going on. Carver broke right there near the end. Oh, he was out there running God. with Meese. Robinson yeah. was right there. And Breyer slowly caught that lead group. And he was getting in the mix, but just a little bit too late. So uh, your big winners were Sammy Halbert and Jared Meese. And, uh, yeah, that, that would bring me to my first Hollywood nugget, if you want it. That I like was, nuggets. That was Jared Meese's 51st Grand National victory. Damn it. And on that note, it was Sammy Halbert's 14th career Grand National victory. So, uh, you know, congratulations to those two. Yeah, I really like seeing Sammy getting back in victory lane. It was cool to see his, uh, you know, he had a little swag. And he always has a little swag, but he had a little mm-hmm. extra swag the next morning. Um, really cool to see. He actually did get those Nikes he talked about. Did you see him post a picture? Yeah, I saw that, I saw that <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah, I was like, those, That's, those don't cost $2,000, but yeah, you know, sure, if you get an extra $2,000, yeah. you might as well spend on something you want. So. Yeah, and uh, no, it's just cool to see uh, how that whole day played out. It was a special, extra special Springfield mile. And, you know, I always love going out there. I actually got to help. Um, put a put a little highlight together. Uh, so I got to help with the crew um, and do some cool stuff, which you know I always love doing. Uh, super cool for. And then on, you know, as we already talked about on Monday, I got to go back to Redbud. So um, awesome to have a crazy uh, two wheel weekend jam packed with Redbud and Springfield Mile. Can't ask for anything more. And uh, looking forward to uh, the next one I get out to, which I don't know when that's going to be, but I'll definitely be be back at one. Meanwhile, you're 
turning right back around and going back out this weekend for Williams Grove. Williams Grove is this this weekend. I've done my research and I've got some more Hollywood nuggets. Larry Pegram, who still races with us today, won back in 1994. What? We came back in 2017. The jammer Jared Meese won there. And then Briar Bauman went back to back in 2018 and 2019. Also want to point out this was where uh, Bronson Bauman finished second in 2018. So Bronson goes good here. Um, it's going to be a good race. I can't wait to check it out. It's always good to see this one because it seems like everybody is uh, calling it like a hometown race always, right? So, so uh, they always put on a show for sure, and uh, everybody wants to win this one. Uh, so it'll be fun to watch it. Absolutely. I can't wait to check it out. Let's uh, let's call up our first guest. Who you got lined up? Well, we talked about Colin Bruner, so let's give him a shout first and talk through that singles class. Cool. Dial him up. Hello. Trevor Bruner, what's going on, bud? What's up? Nothing, man. I just, I, I, you know, we're just barely past the quarter way through the season, not even quite halfway. I was going to wait and talk to you after the season again, but you've already won your first race, and so I had to have you back on the podcast. I want to talk about that win in just a second, but let's uh, let's just go over the whole year so far. Um, you're a little bit inconsistent right now. Um, a seventh at Volusia and then a DNQ. What happened down there in Florida? Because I figured you'd be up front, especially at that one. Yeah, we were definitely hoping to, but uh, I don't know. I guess I just missed the setup because we were kind of scrambling all day trying to trying to make the bike work, and it just wasn't going our way. And yeah, that that well, day two of Volusia just didn't didn't go very well. We couldn't find the setup, and it just yeah didn't I go very you. well. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about Indy a little bit. A fifteenth and another DNQ. So uh, what was going on at Indy? Um, Indy, I just flat out struggle with drafting. Like, uh, it's, it's a lot different than uh, anything I've ever done. Uh, especially like you got to pull out of the draft at a certain time to get a good run. And then, I don't know, it's, uh, the corners are, are really deceiving for, uh, for miles as well. Cause they're so much bigger. So you, right. it, uh, I had a little trouble like going into the corners. I'd let off way sooner than I, that I should have. And then people would be blown by me. I was like, crap. So, uh, yeah, it was just kind of hard to figure out miles for the first time. So, so that was your good base. Okay. That was your first time ever on a mile? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's very hard. I mean, it seems like everything kind of slows down. But, you know, and I think my first time on the mile, I was on a 600 Rotex. And I think I shut off at the flag stand. And I think 10 people passed me before we got to the next corner. But it's just something you have <laughs> to learn. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's a learning experience. And so um, I think, you know, a 15th and D&Q, now that makes more sense. But, you know, don't let that don't let that bring you down because you're, you're a heck of a rider. So let's move on over to Springfield, a true doubleheader all in one day. 10th uh, in the first main event. Let's talk about that one first. How, how'd that go down for you? Uh, it went really well. Um, first. The first uh, main event, or the first round, or whatever you want to call it, uh, it was going really well. We kind of had a baseline from the years prior because uh, I've raced that track a couple times in the Steve Nace All Star, so uh, we kind of knew the setup a little bit, and uh, we went into qualifying. We qualified pretty well. I think it was like eighth or something, and gave us uh, pretty sure front row for that first main event, and then. Uh, we were we we tried something with setup for uh, the semi and uh, it didn't really go our way. We kind of dropped back a little bit, but we still qualified for the main event. 
and then uh yeah and then we we still kind of struggled in the main event as well for the for the first one we kind of got buried deep in the pack and it was kind of hard to make up time once you're once you're behind everybody getting roosted and everything so yeah so you know. let, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about that second one so a true double header all in one day so if i'm not mistaken it was maybe like 45 minutes of a break and then you go right back out there for qualifying so did you make drastic changes to your motorcycle or did you just find something as a rider for that uh, second go around uh, a little bit of both like uh i kind of i figured out that that high line pretty much towards the end of the race during that first main event. So I knew I kind of wanted to run that, uh, seemed smoothest and everything. And then, uh, so I went back to the pits, talked to my mechanic, Bob Brown, and then, uh, he kind of saw the same thing I did. And then, uh, we made some adjustments to, uh, suit the bike better for that line and, uh, threw a couple things at it and then, uh, went out for the semi and it was awesome. I mean, it was great. It was awesome to race with uh henry in that first semi was you know racing with somebody you've always looked up to and then to be able to pass them and win it that, that was pretty cool so yeah that that's crazy and you did the same thing in the main event you you you, you got out front and that's all she wrote were you were you thinking about how how many fast guys are behind you what was going through your head while you're leading that main event uh i was just trying to think about how i could see really yeah <laughs> the field was all fogged up i was like angling my head to the left so i could see but yeah uh. I, I i spotted that really early and i i you know when I, where i'm announcing i can push a button and talk to the people in the truck and i said hey zoom in on his face shield he's fogging up so i started thinking that you were you know getting you know you're feeling the pressure you started breathing too hard did you just not have all your vents open or why do you think your shield fogged up like that yeah, so like for the first main event, since the roost was so hard, it was like coming through my helmet and hitting me in the eyes and stuff. Okay. So for that second main event, I was like, I don't want all that dirt in my face, so I closed them all up. Uh-huh. And uh yeah, and it's it started fogging up. I wasn't getting enough airflow, but uh I mean, hindsight's 2020, but I probably uh I probably wouldn't even have uh I sh- shouldn't have even done it anyway cuz I wasn't really behind anybody. Right, right. So I was looking at Brad, and we were talking it over as we're as we're calling the race, and and Brad's like, well, maybe he could reach up there and just click that thing, barely open it. And I'm like, yeah, but he's, you know, because you were out front. But I was like, yeah, but you're catching lappers, and then they're gonna roost you too. So I was like, man, he's just gotta, you know, start breathing, you know, force the breath down. I just, I, man, I just, I don't know how you did it, cause I I couldn't see your eyes, so I don't know how you could see the racetrack. So that yeah, means- I, I mean, I. I definitely wanted to crack the shield a couple of times, but then I kind of psyched myself out of it every time I thought of it. Cause I was like, man, yeah. if I take my sheet, my hand off right now uh-huh. and I screw up, it's <laughs> like, yeah. I best not. <laughs> did, did you, I don't remember seeing you look back. Did, did you have any idea of how close second place was? Uh, no, I didn't. But, uh, I mean, I'll tell you now, when you're out there racing and everything, you hear all the bikes, it sounds like they're right on your tail the entire time. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounded like they were right there. So what did you do to celebrate that win? Uh, me, Mike Turner, the uh, my big sponsor this year, uh, CMG, Cornerstone Masonry Group, we, uh, we went back to the hotel and we just we just had a good time. 
That's awesome. I, I just, again, I, I found you on the mile, uh, you know, after the races, I think, and is when I saw you, or maybe it's before the race, I can't remember. We see so many people get going in and out. But, uh, again, congratulations on your first of hopefully many wins. Yeah, thank you. Did you did you stick around and watch the miles on Saturday and Sunday? And did, and it, did you learn anything by watching the production twins and super twins? Yeah, I stayed behind, and uh, I, uh, I stayed with uh, my teammate Cameron Smith and Cole Zabala, who were riding the production twins class on the mile and uh yeah i mean especially with springfield being the fastest mile it's i kind of like more technical i guess you would say because the draft's so much more critical and uh definitely getting to talk to cameron and cole both about what they were feeling and how they're kind of working the draft and doing all that kind of stuff yeah i definitely learned a lot okay good so like like I said, when we first started talking about, we're just about to the halfway point. You got Williams Grove coming up this weekend, uh, and then Devil's Bowl, a new track on the circuit. Uh, after that, Atlanta, Charlotte, and then the last one's still a, kind of a question mark. says Daytona Beach. Um, how are you feeling about the, the next you know five weekends uh, of racing? Are, are you ready? Are you looking forward to one more than the other? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely ready for them. Uh, I, I hope to perform as well as I can as well as I know I can. Um, but, uh, no, I don't, I don't really prefer anyone over the other, you know what I mean? But, uh, uh, I think we can, I think we can run up, run up in the front, uh, these past, these next couple of races. So, uh, okay. I feel like I have a good shot on these, uh, groove tracks. So we'll right throw ahead. everything we can at it and, yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, and like I said, that's why I thought you were going to do so well at Volusia. And we got some tracks that are very similar to that coming up. So I think you got a good shot at it. Uh, Trevor, you're, you're currently ninth in the point standings right now. Are you looking at points or are you just looking at race by race? I'm just looking at race by race because, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I kind of learned from Dalton last year because, you know, I was, I was with him for most of the season, kind of helping with him. And, uh, it, it looking at the points always kind of screwed with him. Cause then it got, got in his head like, Oh, I got to do this. I got to finish this, this spot in this race to get this amount of points and all that stuff. And, I feel like it kind of screws with your head too much, so we're just going to take it race by race and see see how we end up at the end of the year. Cool. So. It's it's a pretty pretty good crew that you know you were hanging around in Florida a little bit, and Robbie Bobby, I talked to him, he's super excited for you. But how about that crew? You Kitchen, uh, you know Mishler hangs around down there quite a bit. That's a bunch of fast guys, and and most of you are pretty young coming up through. Uh, man, I think I think it's a, a a great group of talented riders that are coming up. Oh yeah, for sure. If you guys all lined up right now, I mean, because now you got Dalton who's made his move up to the Super Twins class. He's still really good on a single. But if you guys lined up for like just a, a fun race, do you think you could beat them all? Hmm. I don't know. That's we're we're all pretty pretty dang close. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think I can, but uh, yeah. Dalton Dalton's pretty much got the four fifties pretty figured out for now so uh i'm gonna go ahead and say he he, he might win but i'd like to think i could so right on i, I know, beat him I, know. Before and I, I know i can again but yeah there you, know you go I mean? yeah i mean it just kind of depends on what track we're at too and you know robbie bobby he, you know he shoot i think he rode like 17 classes that one day down there at springfield so he's got he's still got speed too so you can't count that old guy out if if he'd like to line <laughs> no. up with you but no, man, I just I really wanted to call and talk to you and say congratulations. And uh, now that you got the first win, does that give you confidence for these final uh, few rounds? Definitely. It definitely boosts the confidence knowing that, all right, like I, I 
I've already done this, so I know I can do it again. And it really gives you a confidence boost and knowing you can actually run up in front with those guys and not just kind of thinking in my mind, all right, maybe I can, maybe I can, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's definitely a good feeling. Right on. Well, before we let you go, do you want to say thanks to anybody? Yeah, definitely a big thanks to uh, Mike Turner at Cornerstone Masonry Group, uh, Turner Star Racing, B&M Masonry, KMA Racing, uh, Bruce Dembski Racing, Bob Brown, my mechanic, uh, Francis Ganance for all the machining and all the hard work, uh, Mike Butler Racing, uh, Showy Helmets, NJK Leathers, No Toil, uh, Twin Air, Steve Matthewson Suspension Systems, uh, just every, everybody who helps me out. It's 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 been a great help this, throughout my entire racing career, really. So, yep. Cool. I hear I hear a lot of phones going off. Are you at work right now? Yeah, I'm actually at work. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go, man. Get back to work and uh, put that 211 on top of the box one more time this year, at least one more time, all right? Yep, we're going to shoot for it. Thanks, man. Cool, man. Thanks, Trevor. Good luck. Yep. Bye. That kid's already got his first national win. Can you believe it? You know what? Yes. Really? I, 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 fa- I found him, or I started talking about him a couple years ago at Volusia. Yeah. When he beat all the AMA All-Star singles yeah, riders, Meese, and a few other top-notch riders, he beat them all on a 450. And the kid looks good. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad he did. I didn't, I didn't know if he'd quite be this soon, but he has a lot of laps at the Springfield Short Track. And he just he got it dialed in on that second main event. Super cool. Um, I wanted to call another uh, rider who's been coming on pretty strong here lately. Uh, this one's in the production twins class. We talked to him before. Um, got a little bit of the backstory, but um, we haven't checked in with him in a while. And, and a few things have changed with this program, uh, but he's been running really well lately. Um, I think it'd be good to check in with Ben Lau. What do you think? Absolutely. He's sitting second in the point standings. He got his first win in American Flat Track at Indy. Let's call him up. Let's do it. I called information and asked information to give me the number to the guy with the best looking hair in American flat track pit area. And then you answer the phone. So who is this? Yeah, that's correct. This is, uh, this is Ben Lau. The Holly hot rod. Hey man, what's going on? Doing great. Just, uh, you know, we're on the scramble getting things ready for one drill right now. We're, uh, we're out in the race shop just trying to, uh, button up a few loose ends we got, but we'll be, uh, we'll be good to go here shortly. I got you. I'll, uh, I'll make this kind of short and sweet. Uh, Brad Baker told me on Sunday at the Springfield Mile that you were kind of leaking a little bit of oil, just trying to make sure that you could you know, nurse that motorcycle through to, to a finish. So did you have to rebuild the bike after the Springfield Mile weekend? Well, see, so I think that everything there kind of got a little out of proportion, too. So earlier in the day, you know, we were, you know, after practice, we're looking the bike over. We noticed there was like a little bit of oil kind of flowing off the breather. So we took the breather off. We routed the breather into like a like an oil catch tank, pretty much, and went out and rode the semi. Came back in. There was no oil in our oil catch tank. Okay. And we're like, okay, you know, we have we have no issues. You know, we have a little bit of blow by. It might be getting, you know, I've rode that motor all year, so like maybe it's getting a little worn out or something. You know, no big deal. So I made sure my tech my catch tank was secure. You know, it wasn't full of oil. We were leaking no fluid. No big deal. So then we go up for the main event. I'm riding along, everything's cool, you know. And then the restart stopped, and all of a sudden, everyone's swarming me, telling me that I'm like blowing coolant all over the track. 
So, mm. you know, we started looking around, and the catch can had just kind of, the catch can had, like, fluid in it, but it wasn't, like, overflowing, like, boiling, you know? Like, you, you should mm-hmm. see food with XD750s coming off the race truck after the, you know, after their, you know, 14, 10-minute mains, they're blowing cooling everywhere. Uh-huh. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, the catch can did have cooling in it, you know, and it was high, and it was just, there was about three drips on the exhaust, like, like right when I shut the bike off. And I think that kind of, like, everyone's seen that, and they said, oh, it's Ben, Ben's blowing cooling everywhere. So then we, uh, you know, the bike cooled down. It started sucking coolant back into the radiator. You know, like Dave McGrath came over, Mordhead came over. They looked the bike over. And we know there, there was nothing actually leaking on the ground. So they let me restart. And then, you know, bike ran awesome. We had an awesome main event finish. It was a, probably an awesome show for the fans. And then, um, yeah, then that was kind of it. You know, the bike never overheated. It never smoked. Nothing after that. So then uh, we get home. Um, we get home, you know, there's some coolant still in the catch can. Well, probably just for fun, let's, let's, you know, we'll pop the radiator, see how much coolant's in there. You know, I popped the radiator cap, I dumped the coolant that was in the catch can back in the radiator, and it was all the way full. So there wow. was uh, there was zero coolant on the stokes of mine, I can assure everybody of that. Okay, well, good, good. Let's back but, up and talk yeah, to... I mean, Go ahead. Just sorry to cut you off. I mean, it's just funny right. that, like, you brought that up, though. I mean, this, everyone knows this is not a prearranged question or anything, <laughs> but... Uh, I right. was getting like worked up about it these past few days because like three or four people I've heard like the same thing like oh like there was cooling everywhere on the back stretch and people were pulling tear offs and you know blah 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 but like no there was zero coolant from my motorcycle on the race track so okay. I just wanted to make good. sure that was all clear with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's that. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad we had John here to talk about that. You're setting second <laughs> in the point settings. I want to back up a little bit to Volusia. Were you were you happy with that? You know, leaving the first two rounds with a fifth and a fourth. Uh, I mean. Yeah, we were happy. I mean, honestly, even when I got fit the first day, I was, like, much happier with kind of how I rode in the result the first day. The second day was pretty much kind of a handout for me. I know Armstrong broke. I want to say somebody else broke in the main event. Oh, Varnes broke. Varnes, yeah, Varnes. So, yeah, it, it was kind of like, to me, yeah, we got fourth. It was cool, but it's like, man, like, we, you know, we had some work to do for sure because, you know, I felt like it was kind of a handout. I was probably a sixth-place guy that whole day. So Okay, um, all right. But, yeah, I mean, leaving there with two top fives, though, that was uh, that was good. Right on. Let's go to Indy. First night, your first ever American Flat Track main event win. It seems like you've been on the circuit for a little while now. I expected you to win on the singles well before you won on a production twins. Uh, how how cool was it to get your first win finally at Indianapolis? Oh, it was great. And then, too, you know, being at Indy, too, like all the, you know, that's like one of our, our big races, like a Springfield or a Peoria or a Lima. Like Indy was like, you know, like the place to, you know, one of the places to win. So, it, uh, it was great, you know. That was kind of one of the races where, you know, a few of my family members came. So it was great to kind of share that with them. And it was just, uh, it was kind of one of those, like, fairy tale days where everything just clicked and went off perfect. You know, I won the semi by a huge margin. And then uh, before the main event, me and my, my mechanic, my brother Tom, he, uh, we just found out where we were building these bikes and putting the whole program together. And we just kind of, we almost had a moment, you know, where everything clicked and we kind of knew that it was going to be a good one. And then uh flawless main event, I think we got a little bit lucky with uh, Rispoli having to start on the penalty line. Um, so he really didn't get to me, you know, until a few, few laps from the race. But uh, we held him off and got the win. That's so cool. And then the second night, you got a fifth-place finish there. So what was different between Friday night and Saturday night other than Rispoli walking away from you guys? Uh, what else was different? Yeah, really. And really, all day on Saturday, I was kind of second place in the main. Rispoli was gone. I mean, those guys had that that thing dialed right in and he was probably riding flawlessly so he was uh he had that one won for sure no doubt but he was checked out then it was kind of a 
like you know like the the b team kind of we were all in a pack it was like me Corey armstrong and maybe like ethnic or a few up kind of coasters there too and uh i let him for the whole race and i think nick just he kept getting you know little runs on me, little runs on me and then uh i think like i don't know five to go he just ran down me up the other side you know we made contact we bumped i went up the track but it uh it's just racing i could sit here and complain and cry about it all i wanted but uh, nothing's gonna happen you know i don't you know i think nick's an awesome dude i'm sure he didn't mean for it to be kind of as you know bumping around as, as it was but it uh you know it all worked out and we followed back in the pack and got a fifth so right but, uh, the speed was there for sure just uh, maybe a little bit of bad luck on my own okay and then of course last weekend uh springfield mile the last mile of the season uh, the second mile for you guys, but uh, third and a second, uh, two podiums at the, like you said, one of the most historic tracks. You, you mentioned Indy and Peoria and, of course, Springfield. So you have to be happy with two podiums, right? Oh, for sure. And they're not even, like, the two podiums, but even just, like, for me, like, for my confidence and everything, being able to lead both main events for a few laps, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, that was great. Just being up there, even, like, in, like, the mix of things, Um with all the guys and, you know, swapping leads, you know, the draft passes, it was just, uh, it was just kind of cool to be up there, just uh, dicing up with the guys. And then, especially on the second night, that was probably one of the best main events, um, you know, we've, if for sure in the production twin class that we've seen in a while, um, all yeah. the lead changes and the, um, just, you know, that was pretty much everything a fan could ask for pretty much. Right on. Do you, do you go back and watch, these races on track pass to see if you can learn anything from, from watching those, or do you have time to do that? I know you said you're in the shop right now, thrashing on bikes and, and loading up and stuff, but do you go back and watch these races? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, most of the time I get a little, you know, upset with myself when I watch the, when I watch the takeoff, I'm usually the second row usually passes me before the first corner, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, usually, you know, we'll watch and like, you know, maybe if, after the race, you know, like my whole family watches at home, so maybe they'll say something like, "Oh, you're really struggling getting off a four or something." So I kind of go back and look and just maybe see where other people are getting here, if there was anything I could have did better. But I mean, you know how it is; there's only so much you can see on the TV, you know, rather right. than being there and actually kind of right. observing everything. Yeah, no, I, I love the track pass thing too. Even just kind of for I can come back and reflect on it with you know my family or friends or whatever, just to uh, rewatch the race and just. Uh, Maybe see if there was any little thing we could have did to be better the next weekend. Right on. Currently sitting second in the points. You're 19 points behind the 43 bike. Uh, half miles, it seems like, the rest of the way. We're not sure what Daytona is going to be. We're just about the halfway point. Do you think you can close the gap between yourself and Rispoli? Or are you even thinking about points? Or are you just thinking about race wins? What What's in your head right now? Uh, you know, honestly, I mean, really, we're still in the first half of the year pretty much, right? I mean, we're, what, yes. three, three out of Six, nine eight. rounds? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, we're, I mean, we're not even halfway, so the whole, even to think about points for me is still a little, a little kind of far out there, and I've really okay. never even been in the whole championship hunt thing, so that's uh, that's kind of new for me, too, but, you know, these next races are going to be, uh, I think it's going to be super competitive, you know, you know the Harleys work awesome on that, like, those, you know, slippery clean half miles, that's kind of their thing. Uh, Vines is going to be rolling on the Kawasaki. I think you know he won Williams Trail last year, so I'm sure he'll be the mm-hmm. uh, he'll be for sure the guy to beat. Corey, I mean Corey, he could come out of nowhere too. I know he's going to have some you know super good finishes on these upcoming tracks. Yeah, he uh, he won a few last year. He could easily do it again. Uh, I mean everybody really, even uh, man. I mean like you go down the list. Uh, Armstrong, Armstrong has some good finishes. Eslick, 
Uh, Cody Johncox, I think we're all still waiting for him to kind of have a, you know, a game mm-hmm. here pretty soon. Um, yeah. I mean, there's tons of dudes that could do it, and it's just going to – I bet we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of good close racing on these slippery clear half miles that NFT loves to have. Cool. How many more are you going to win before the season's over? <laughs> I'd, I'd love to tell you that, but I uh, honestly, I don't even know. I'd like to get another win in for sure. Um, they kind of, I mean, I'm, we're assuming it's they kind of short track, right? Or I know we're going to the TT, but that's what I'm hearing yeah. because I don't think I don't think they'll be able to go and tear up the infield, the the super speedway again this late in the or that late in the year. So I'm I'm assuming it's the short track. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't maybe go back to Volusia, which would be cool to me. But you know, whatever they decide, either short track or half mile, be a good way to finish off the season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Daytona short track on a twin. That sounds uh, that sounds like a good time to need to throw that big thing around there and uh, <laughs> <laughs> just spin in the tire. But no, right I, mean, a, I feel like I'd have a pretty good chance there. Um, I love Charlotte. Charlotte's been a pretty good place. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everywhere else, I mean, the goal is for sure, you know, podium. Um, cool. Yeah, that, that'd be great to come out with a few more podiums and maybe pull off another win this year for sure. Absolutely. Well, man, we definitely appreciate the time. Before we let you go, do you want to say thanks to anybody? I know uh, it seems like you might have had some additions to your, your crew or, or your sponsors or something like that. Now's, now's, now's the time to say thanks. Yeah, for sure. You know, number one, you know, Gary at Roof Systems, that dude, he, uh, he really believed in me, especially this past year. You know, we actually we became pretty good friends over the off season. Just, uh, you know, huge thanks to Jerry. He's really kind of took a little bit more interest in my program from last year. He's kind of a little more, he likes to kind of ask some more questions and look at, you know, look over things. And he kind of likes to be on the inside of everything. So that's pretty awesome with Jerry. He kind of stands, you know, I guess like the, the more personal things in my program. So uh, that's awesome. And then, you know, everybody else, like Michael Marshall Grace, he just came back on this year. I know he, he used to help out a ton of guys. I know he still helps out like Coast and a few others this year. So big thanks to him. Um, Magnum Distributing, they're a little, little, uh, they're like a little Tucker Rocky or like a Parts Unlimited up by us. They help me out a ton, just you know, being so close to home. If I need a part, you know, in a few hours I can go get it. Or one of the guys there, Roger, he really helps me out. He'll just run it right up to me. So, uh, but, you know, really not, you know, like Motion Pro Works Connection, Light Shoe, Gary and Garrett Light Shoe, he's awesome. He just he just uh, resurfaced some shoes for me not too long ago, so. Just, uh, you know, I know he does shoes for everybody in the pits, and I, I don't know anybody who doesn't like those guys. So, um, other than that, though, I mean, my family, uh, my brother Tom, for sure, he's took a lot of, a lot of uh, time off work from his own business to be able to come to the race with me this year, and it, uh, I think that's kind of one of the big reasons why I'm having the results that I am, just to be able to uh, have someone who knows what they're doing and kind of knows me consistently at the races every weekend. I think that's uh, that's really paying off. Other than that, though, you know, mom and dad. Um, you know, they're the they're always the number ones back home. Um, my girlfriend, she's been helping out a lot at the races, just kind of doing what she can, and, you know, putting tear offs on the home and making me a sandwich, you know, everything else. Yep. So, yep. Um, but yeah, just uh, I, I have so many, so many other little people. And, you know, that's what I used to say even back in the 450s. I never really had like one big money sponsor, but it was just uh, it was all the little people that came together and really uh, helped me put my whole program together for the year. Sounds good. Well, thanks for your time. Get back in the shop. We'll see you at uh, Williams Grove, and good luck the rest of the season. Second in the points, man. Keep it up. Cool, for sure. We'll see you this weekend. Thank you. Love that dude. Good checking in with Ben. Uh, I'd love, love to see how he's been running lately, man. And he's definitely got a lot of momentum, got a lot of uh, confidence going into the second half of the season. Well, six top fives. I don't, I don't know yeah. if I missed him on the second night of Volusia. That's but, crazy. You know, six top fives and six races 
uh, you know, that's incredible. He's second in the points. The 43 is having a good season, Rascoli. Uh, so nothing to take, you know, nothing against him. But, you know, look at all these top fives for, for Ben. And he's 19 points behind the leader. 100%. So, yeah, uh, running second in points. It's, it's super cool, man. And and not only is he running well, I think that whole damn class is running well, man. That race this weekend was one of the best I've seen, if not the best. Probably the best production twins race uh, since since the start of, this, of, of, this, of the class itself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they started a couple years ago at, at Springfield, and, and not very many people were showing up. And now Harley's got some bikes in, involved. And, and then you throw, you know, Corey out there on his Yamaha. You got Barnes out there on a Kawasaki, Armstrong on a Yamaha, and now Ben Lau on a Yamaha. And, you know, Danny Eslick out there. Eslick yeah. wheeled all the way down the back straightaway. So he's having fun again. So look out. He might pull out a win here real soon. He's getting back into flat track form you know i mean he's been away from flat track for a while so he's just getting these bikes dialed in i mean it's it's going to be exciting class just like you know we've been talking about the apt singles been the most exciting class but here comes the production twins funny story i was walking under the tunnel after the uh production twins uh main event on sunday and uh i hear like these two dudes just like yelling and screaming and whoa, 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 whoa. i'm like who the hell is that turn around it's eslick he's like in his like yep. casual stuff he had like gotten gotten into his casual gear to come watch the, the main event for the super twins that dude he, he sat right behind me he knows how to have a good time and he always does it man that's one of the things i love about that guy um yeah man it's gonna be interesting to see how the, how the rest of the season pans out for the production twins i, I wouldn't count Corey out dude he's been known to go on a tear and uh, i know he's hungry he really wants to get back up to the front um and I, he was a little frustrated i think after this weekend i don't know that, that, that i think that restart really got to him where because he felt he really had a, an opportunity to do better as well as some other people in this class you know you, you can't count anybody out in any class which i love well you know the it, you know the super twins class it looks like a two a two dog fight right yeah, now but that's that's true you know somebody else can still win races i mean but yeah. the championship might be be decided between those two guys already i mean we're only six races out of the 16 there are five doubleheader weekends yet to come yep. so i'm not giving the championship to either one of those guys because both of them could have problems you know both of them can fall off anybody can fall off that's why we race but it seems like a two dog fight between those two uh but there's a new guy going to be in the mix of things this weekend yeah that we haven't even talked about yeah you uh you said you've known about this for a little bit, well, but you've had uh, to be tight-lipped about it. I actually gave him a call and see if he'd be willing to come on and talk, talk to us a little bit about it. Um, you want to give Jake Johnson a call and see what the hell he's got going on this weekend? Yeah, yeah, a guy that you got to work with that uh, the, <laughs> when Tank, Tank Slap podcast got started, he was a big part of it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, let's see if we can uh, get Jake Johnson to answer the phone. Yeah, I got to hear this story. Let's give him a call. Hello. JJ5, um, I heard from this little birdie that uh, you might be dusting off your leathers for this weekend. Is that true? Uh, it depends on who this birdie is. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, somebody somebody in the pit area, um, I heard a seat <laughs> I heard a seat was open. I heard you're going to be uh, twisting the throttle. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. JJ5's back. Uh sure some people were excited that I, I thought I was gone, retired, washed up, but uh going to give it another go, see what happens. Well, well, I never thought you were washed up, and I, I thought you were kind of retired, then you're going to be a, a, a wild card. Um, I don't. Do you, do you remember how to get on the motorcycle, and it, it's your right hand that you twist, right? You, you still got that down? Uh, yeah, I think I got that. I've been doing some riding. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, motocross riding, not 
not any flat track. Uh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I haven't I haven't been on a flat track bike since April, so uh, <clears throat> it might be a little sketchy that that first practice session. But <laughs> well, then but I'll, now, I'll go uh, I'll, I'll go out behind you then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, I don't know. You might want to go out in front of me. I don't know what uh, you might get if you're behind me. You might get gathered up in some uh, some, some uh, air fence or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. some okay. carnage. All right. <laughs> crazy all right so um let's let's so for people that don't know you're on the rj performance bike right rick canode's bike is that correct that's correct okay and when did when did this deal go down and because varnes was on the bike last weekend um but i heard rumors that you were going to be on it this weekend so when when did that this all go down um I guess it was the like the week leading up to Springfield, I believe. Um, let's say Monday before Springfield. Uh, talked to Rick and you know said he was looking for somebody, and uh, it was kind of you know it was between me and Varnes, and uh, we arm wrestled over it, and Varnes beat me, so he got <laughs> he got the spot at Springfield. No, no, it was uh, it was kind of a last minute deal. Um, Obviously, you know, it was uh, kind of last minute to, to get ready f- to get out to Springfield for me. Um, you know, Varnes was obviously already going, so uh, kind of made sense there. But, um, but yeah, like I said, it was just Springfield was a little last minute. And uh, to be honest, too, I mean, I don't know if it would have been the smartest thing to, to come straight off the couch, not riding uh you know a big flat track bike in months and go straight out to the springfield mile so um so i figured uh yeah williams drove be be a good place to start and uh you know hopefully finish out the year on uh you know i guess it's all half miles basically and whatever daytona is going to be at the end but um yeah looking forward to it um obviously i was gonna was planning on on doing some wild card stuff and doing most of the season, but, um, uh, obviously everybody's plans changed in 2020 in one way or another. So, uh, yeah, I was just kind of, kind of sitting on the sidelines and work, you know, working a nine to five and, uh, you know, seeing kind of, kind of, you know, to be honest, I kind of made myself okay with, with not racing, you know, I kind of accepted it and, uh, you know, this is, this is life now. And, uh, I'm not going to say, you know, it's not that bad. Real life's all right. But, uh, but yeah, I got the call from Rick and, uh, you know, we had talked a little bit this off season. Uh, you know, we were possibly going to try to team up and do something and just, just didn't work out. So, um, kind of cool that, uh, this opportunity came up and, uh, yeah, figure what the heck, go see, uh, go see what we can do. Absolutely. I heard you were bummed that you weren't able to ride Williams Grove. You weren't going to be able to be one of the wild cards, and now you're in. So uh, that's got to be exciting because in 2017 and 2018, you finished fourth there, um, and it's close to your home. It's your home track. Uh, what are your expectations going in? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I race because I like to win and I want to win, um, whether that's uh, – whether that's a reality or not, we'll probably, we'll probably know that after qualifying, <laughs> but, okay. uh, but no, I mean, I want to go there and do the best I can. Um, you know, I mean, I always set high expectations for myself, but, uh, gotta be realistic, you know, to, to kind of jump in mid season with, uh, with a bunch of guys that have been, 
I guess, I mean, I guess they're only what three, three race weekends in, but, um, but the, you know, they're, they're in the, in race mode. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just getting started right now. So, um, you know, like I said, my expectations are high, but, uh, but gotta be realistic at the same time. Um, you know, like I said, I'm going to go there and do what I can give everything I got and, uh, you know, see if, uh, see if I need to retire after the weekend or keep going. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Have you, have you been watching and keeping up with all the racing? I mean, it's, it's been pretty exciting, but it seems like it's almost a two way show between, you know, Briar and, and Meese. And then you threw Sammy in there at, at Springfield, but have you been paying attention to what's been going on in the super twins class? Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching. Yeah. I've been watching. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of expected, I guess, going into the season. Um, you know, after last year, I mean, obviously Jared and Briar were the guys. So, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't see any big changes. Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting any big changes this year. I know those two were, were going to be, uh, you know, be at the top of the field. Um, you know, it was cool to see, see Sammy get, get out there and win again. Um, you know, obviously he's, what they say it's been since 2016 or something since he's won. So, yes, um, yeah. he, he's on some good bikes again and, um, uh, you know, he's got the King of cool behind him. So, uh, he's got a good program going. So it's cool to see, uh, you know, I, and I consider him from, you know, my generation, I guess there's, there's a lot of younger guys out there and, you know, I've battled with Sammy for a lot of races and, you know, championships over the years. So, um, hell if Sammy can do it, still do it, I guess, you know, there's no reason I can't. Right. So, there you go. Um, there you go. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just kind of been a, a Briar Jared show a little bit. Um, you know, they both both have had their you know wins. Uh, Jared swept Volusia, Briar swept Indy, and uh, you know Jared won one of the Springfields. Briar had a little bit of an off weekend, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, so there's a little bit of mix up there, but. Um, you know, I was telling Briar, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can get in there and stir something out. Maybe get get in between them two in some way. Maybe steal some points here or there or something. Try to make it a little more interesting. Right on. I like it. Hey, when's uh, when's the last time you rode an Indian? Uh, well, I guess that was back in April. Um, okay. Obviously, I was getting I was getting ready to do Daytona and did a little bit of riding um, the week before Daytona down in Florida. And, then obviously the world shut down and uh i think shortly after daytona a bunch of us um rented a local track here in pennsylvania and uh spun some laps and then obviously for me kind of shortly after that kind of everything kind of uh fell apart a little bit so um so yeah so i guess it's been april was the last time i rode a flat track bike and it was an indian so um I guess at least I got that going for me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Have you have you ever worked with Rick Canode before? Uh no, I haven't. Um honestly really I mean I don't know Rick that well. Um I know he's been around a long time. Um I know he took a a pretty pretty big break there. I remember, you know, seeing and hearing the name, you know, back in the in the nineties. Um uh, I think uh I could be wrong on this, but I think he worked for for your buddy Ronnie Jones for a while. Sure did. Um, yep, yep. So I remember him as, you know, kind of being one of the the big tuners, you know, from the 90s. Uh, you know, I always kind of 
thought of his name when you think, you know, Johnny Goads and the Skip Eakins and, and, uh, you know, all those guys. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's got a lot of, uh, a lot of experience and has been around a long time and, Hey, I guess he's been back in it. What probably the last four or five years or so. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've always said hello to him at the track and small talk here or there. So, um, be cool to, cool to get to work with him. And, uh, yeah, I think uh seems like a pretty easygoing guy, and uh, I think we should have some fun and hopefully do well. I think, yeah, with with the experience that you have, you know, a, a two-time champ, and, and he's a, a, a hell of a, a wrench, I think you guys are going to be a lethal combination. Like you said, it might take a, a little, you know, the first round of practice to knock that dust off, but I can't wait to see you out there, man. I'm I'm happy for you. Congratulations on the ride, and, and I hope it works out so you can ride all of them the, the entire rest of the season. and. And uh, get uh, let's see, get national number national win number twenty two on the charts. How about that? You got twenty one wins, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been pretty far and few between over the last probably heck six eight years. But <laughs> but hey, I mean it's it's not easy. It's uh, you know you kind of well I, I guess I admit when I was younger you kind of take it for granted and you know and you know, that's all you want to do is win, win, win. And, and you don't really enjoy it. And, uh, when you don't win for a while and they're, and they start, you know, and they're far and few between and you struggle, you, you definitely appreciate it a lot more. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited. I have, uh, a little bit different outlook on, uh, on racing now, I guess, now that I've, I'm old and, you know, married and have a kid and, uh, kind of been off a little bit. So, um, so I kind of have a different outlook on it, um, you know, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, like I said, I've always had high expectations for myself and always put a lot of pressure on myself. I see this, uh, you know, being a little less of a pressure situation, I, I guess. So um, maybe that, uh, maybe that'll help me out a little bit and, and have some fun. But like I said, I, I mean, whether it's a reality or not, I'm, I'm going there to try to win. So, uh, yeah. Well, like I said, a- after the first practice, well, I'll, I'll have a little reality check to see if that's even even a possibility. But uh, but you know, like I said, that's why I do it, and that's why I've always done it. And um, you know, I I probably wouldn't be out there if I if I knew that um, I couldn't still win or or at least run at the front and be competitive. So uh, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. Or it's like I said, it's going to be a big reality check and go, man. Whew. Let's uh, reconsider this. <laughs> either, either way, it's going to be great to see you on a motorcycle, and uh, especially you know at your home track, man. Congratulations on getting that ride, and uh, we'll see you. I guess we'll see you on Friday at Williams Grove. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, just got to uh, obviously give a big thank you to uh, Rick Canode and the High Trucking RJ Racing RJ Performance Racing Team, and uh, obviously the the all the people that were behind me. Um, you know, when I, when I started this deal earlier in the year to do the wild card, um, obviously Indian of Oklahoma city, uh, had a lot of, a lot of old sponsors step in Dave, Dave Burks, motorsports, uh, Jim Kitasaki. Uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting a, a million people, but, uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, I feel like I kind of let down, um, you know, having to, having to step, step aside and, and kind of shut down this year. But, 
they all understood. Obviously, it's it's kind of crazy time right now, and, and things weren't uh, didn't really make sense. But uh, fortunately, now I had this opportunity. Um, you know, Rick gave me this opportunity to kind of fulfill you know some promises I made to uh, you know Scott at OKC and and uh, a lot of people that jumped in uh, you know and helped me early on. So um, yeah, so it's cool. It's kind of a kind of you know 2020 it's it's just kind of a weird thing you know i got i got my my own sponsors you know kind of uh you know rick's rick's kind of helping me um you know kind of fulfill some some promises and obligations that uh um you know i promised at the beginning of the year so um hopefully it all turns out well we have some fun and and uh get some good finishes and uh yeah just uh be fun to be back at the track uh i'm still man, I've been watching these races. Uh, I think the biggest thing is like the format and like the timed races. So, you know, those guys have been doing that for, you know, six races through three weekends. So I'm, I'm, I might need a little help, Scott. You might have to give me some, uh, <laughs> some messages over the, over the intercom or something like, Hey Jake, uh, remember this things, uh, you know, this race is going to be like 34 laps. Uh, right. You know, so better so rest up, better chill out. Drink plenty of Gatorade. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right i'll send you i'll send you a personal uh shout out before the main event just to remind you how many minutes it's going to be and about how many laps we think it's going to be and be ready for it so uh and stop by the little you know the porta potty before because you won't be able to so um anyways i got one more question before you did you did you watch springfield and did you see the super pole uh i did watch springfield i caught a little bit of the super pole um I think I I missed it live, um, but I kind of went back on the the NBC Sports app and kind of kind of zoomed through it a little bit just to see. And uh, I think it was definitely something cool. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if I ever made that suggestion, but I always thought that would be cool to do some kind of Super Bowl like that. Um, obviously, Springfield's probably one of the one of the few places that you could really do it. Obviously there's room to kind of come on and off the track and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, it was cool to see. Um, like I said, I didn't watch it all. It seemed like from what I've seen, everybody, a lot of guys were just kind of out by themselves and kind of doing their own thing. And, um, but yeah, I, I think if that's something that becomes a little more frequent, I think that could be something that, uh, that could be exciting. Um, you know, teammates teaming up and, you know, it, everybody talks about that and you go out and four lap time qualifying, like, Hey, let's draft each other. And you, you just end up screwing each other up more than anything. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. um, you know, so if you got 15 minutes, you know, with a teammate or something, you know, you could Ricky Bobby shake and bake it, you know, let, uh, let one guy tow one around and, you know, for three, four laps and then switch and, um, so it could be something cool. Uh, like I said, if it comes a little more frequent and people get a little, you know, riders get a little more familiar with it, get a little more creative with it. Uh, it could be something, something really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was nice. Cool. And, yeah. and, you know, couple, you know 2000, different. yeah. $2,000 to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that could go a long way. So, Hey man, I appreciate you stopping by. I know uh, you're busy, get, you know, getting ready, but uh, we'll see you this Friday and Saturday and good luck and put that number five up there on the box. All right. Oh yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. We'll uh, we'll see you there Friday. See you guys. Cheek Johnson. 
number five in your program, number one in your heart. Good to see. Good to see, man. I am stoked to see JJ5 back on a motorcycle racing Super Twins this weekend. And and to be teamed up with Rick Canode. You know, this guy's been around, you know, like he said, since the 90s. I think he's been around before that, since the 80s. Uh, we've had him on the podcast before, and, and he's got such a great story. He doesn't like talking about himself, doesn't like bragging about himself. Uh, I know that feeling, but Rick knows what he's doing. He's got a good team, uh, and uh, I don't. they just had to make a change, and they've got Jake Johnson on the bike. Barnes was rode, riding it last weekend, made it into the Super Bowl both days, uh, was dead tired on Saturday. I think he did 99 laps on Saturday. Nice. So uh, it was hard to do double duty, but he had to because he's still going for the production Twins championship. So I get it. Uh, but the, the seat was open, and now you know Barnes is still concentrating on the Production Twins Championship. As a Super Twins team owner, you're supposed to field that bike at every round. That's in the rule book. And so Rick Knode is putting the, the five of Jake Johnson on there. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see. He's got good uh, you know, expectations. He's got high hopes of even winning, you know, um, and it's possible. Absolutely. Jake Johnson decided to ride a motorcycle. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not... Just because Briar and Mies are out there kicking everybody's ass, it seems like Sammy won this past weekend in Springfield, um, and he hadn't been on, on a good motorcycle, you know, a comp- competitive motorcycle in years. Some people would say, right? Um, so, and he's on an Indian now, and he's already got his first win. Um, not even halfway through the season, Jake Johnson can ride the wheels off of any motorcycle you give him. He hasn't been on Indian in a while at, at a national, right? Um, so I, there's no doubt in my mind he could come out. He may have to uh, shake shake the cobwebs off, but a little bit. But he'll get back to uh, he'll get back to his form early in the day, and and he's he could win any one of these races. Absolutely, and he is very strong on a half mile. Uh, I think back to Kenny Coolbeth, you know, riding the half miles, dragging the rear brake. Jake Johnson kind of learned that from Coolbeth uh, on some of these slippery groove tracks that might fit right into his wheelhouse absolutely absolutely yeah a ton of experience with both these guys it'll be awesome to see how they come together um and what they're able to do uh either way man it's great for the sport to have jake johnson back riding a motorcycle yeah, that's just my two cents but uh, i'm sure a lot of people agree with me and uh look forward to seeing how he goes this weekend absolutely well carter enjoy your weekend off um Dude. i'm hearing rumors you might show up in pennsylvania so maybe we'll see you this weekend <laughs> don't if believe not, anything you hear brother have a good time hanging out with Boo. This might be your last weekend off for a little bit. Yeah, got some more motor stuff coming up. And yep. uh, man, I'm I'm happy to be at the racetrack. I've got next weekend off, and then uh, it's going to be crazy. I might be going to Brazil. I'm working on something with that. Oh, let's uh, we'll talk about this cool project. There. Cool project I got going too. Uh, Mr. Evanson, our good friend, uh, has to do with Evanson, a camera, and an XR750. That's all. That's all I'll say. I like it. I like it. It's uh, it's good Sounds stuff, good, man. man. It's got some cool stuff in the works, and I uh, look forward to talking about it. Uh, you have a good weekend out there in, in Williams Grove, and uh, we'll we'll chat with you next week, bro. All right, man. Keep it on four wheels. I'm gonna keep it on two wheels. Hope when my airplane goes up and comes down like it's supposed to, and uh, we'll go racing in Williams Grove, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Peace. an hour and a half from home yeah if uh if i go out first first practice and it sucks i can make it home by the semis and watch it on tv on my couch <laughs> <laughs>